Well, we've certainly had a change in the weather, but it's not always a bad thing. These days are perfect for a little afternoon delight. And if you don't know uh, what that is and you want to hear more about that, you've come to the right place here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Hello again, I'm Maureen, and I host this show. I'm a registered nurse by training, a sex therapist by experience and stories. So I see patients at Crossroads Clinic here in Vancouver. I also have an office in North Vancouver where I see patients with bladder, bowel, sexual health, intimacy, relationship, life issues, just questions they have about life. Uh, Anyway, so it's a pleasure to be here with you once again. I come to you every Sunday night at 8 p.m. here on CKNW. Uh, you probably heard the commercials about sexual desire in women and V-Love playing on the station these past few weeks. Well, V-Love is a tool in the lingerie drawer of your life. There are certainly other tools and toys, I suppose, that will help as well. And to that end, I'm going to be talking about how you can increase your sexual desire one G-string at a time on the show tonight. I am also going to be talking about my recommendations for losing weight, if you so desire. Last week, I promised to provide you with uh, what I think is a great way to remain trim, increase energy, and your mobility so you can have way more fun in the bedroom. I'm also going to be talking about, uh, which is not unusual, I do uh, talk a little bit about some of the cases that present to my office they're very, oftentimes things trend in the office. And uh, like sometimes, you know, I'll get a lot of women who will come in and they uh, will have had an affair. They're, they're married still, and but at one point in their life they did. And they may talk about it like it was a little side trip. Well, this week I wrote a blog on my newly launched blog, backtothebedroom-blog.ca. And I wrote this blog about Felicia, which is not her real name, of course. Felicia came to see me because she was having an illicit affair with a married man, and she wanted to know why men and women cheat, which was interesting. Uh, Basically, she had asked the man, which would be my recommendation, well, why don't you ask him why he's cheating? (laughs) Um, And she said she had, and he dismissed her. Basically, he said he didn't want to be psychoanalyzed. So we talked a little bit about that, uh, but upon further inquiry, I was really surprised to find out that she had sent nude photographs of herself to her lover at his request. She basically had never denied his any request, and there were other things that he had uh, was, was into, and she didn't feel like she could ever say no to him. So he was into bondage and tying up, which is bondage, and <laughs> all sorts of other rough sex, and uh, she obliged. Um, But I was really surprised, and I had a few other women as well over the last few weeks tell me that they had sent nude pictures, solicited or unsolicited in some cases, to their lovers, and they were all really surprised when I told them the dangers of this. Believe me, these photographs that are sent to men by women are shared commonly shared amongst the friends like a trophy. Guys, tell me stuff. (laughs) I've heard this a few times. Anyway, so none of these women had a clue about this. They thought they were private photographs and that they would not go anywhere, and certainly they were not expecting their lover to share them, and that may or may not happen. But And that's probably not the worst of it all, to be totally honest with you, but you run into somebody on the street later and they've seen 
a naked picture of you, it kind of makes things a little uncomfortable. But um, one asked me to do a public service announcement about this because she said a lot of women didn't know. Mind you, these women were in their 40s, and uh, none of them realized the consequences of this. I think because arousal may alter our decision-making process. So I've asked Thomas Panuzio, who's a national security expert in the U.S., to join me to talk about Internet predators and revenge porn, which is one of the biggest risks around sending nude photographs to your married lover. Revenge porn, if you don't know what that is, is sexually explicit pictures or media that is publicly shared online without the consent of the pictured individual. Perhaps the most well-known site is YouGotPosted.com, which was run by Kevin Bollert in in California. And he was found guilty of theft and conspiracy. Like, he was found guilty of 27 felonies or something. So this is a really serious issue for both sides. And because I was actually talking to some friends about this on Friday night, and I was telling them, uh, about the nude pictures that were being sent. And one woman said, if I found a picture, a nude picture of a woman on my husband's phone, I would send it to everyone I know. <laughs> Hell hath no fury like a woman's scorn. You know, somebody would be so stressed when they saw that that their decision-making process would be altered as well. And so they may do something that they would regret later as well. And that that may, in fact, be an infringement of privacy. We all have a right to privacy in this country, and, and that's a very interesting right uh, to read about. So it's, it's trouble all around. Best thing, do not send nude photographs. Just see him in the nude. That's better. Uh, I'm not trying to give instructions on how to have an affair. Believe you me. Uh, I'm just trying to raise awareness about these issues. These things commonly occur. Affairs happen because there are troubles in relationships for one reason or uh, many, many other reasons as well. It doesn't mean the end of a relationship, but it certainly can signify trouble or it can cause some trouble. So you can feel free to give me a call about any of the subjects that I'm going to be discussing tonight. Um, or just want to share about your love life or your lifestyle, or, or, or if you would like some V-Love yourself, the number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can always email me at sextalk at cknw.com. I do love all of your emails. Um, I wanted to start out with uh, just a quick story about a couple that I saw in the office this week because it was interesting. There was a study that was put out this week that said, you know, if you basically made it past, I don't know, like 35, 40 years of marriage, you're you're pretty much just going to, your only hope is to have sex with the person that you've been married to. So, you know, a lot of people are are just doing that. But I met this interesting couple, uh, lovely, they've been married about 40 years, and they basically had stopped having sex, as he said, because of menopause, her menopause, his andropause. Uh, so, and one of the problems associated with his wife was that she had vaginal dryness and was experiencing painful sex. Women do not have to live that way. Vaginal dryness is a uh, common condition and occurs in perimenopause. It can occur in women as young as 31. It can occur in the years leading up to menopause or after menopause. It can occur during, uh, cancer treatment or breast cancer, hormone therapy, pelvic radiation treatment so many times, but there are lots of over-the-counter 
personal moisturizers that can be used. Of course, women can use lubricants during sex as well. There's also low-dose localized estrogen therapy. So you don't have to suffer with that, and you certainly do not have to stop having sex. So that's one more reason to listen to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. And another is when I come back, if you want to lose weight, I have a little lifestyle plan for you. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Thanks for being with me here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm Maureen, and I am hosting this show (laughs) about sex, sexuality, sexual health, how to increase your sexual desire, how to have more sex, basically, how to have more fun. Did I mention do put the kitties to bed? Uh, There might be some sensitive information here. I also want to thank Mr. Chad Bruhog at the controls tonight, always doing a fine job. And um, so I have told you for a little bit that I was going to share with you. A lot of patients of mine come into the office, and and I notice that they have, as they advance in age and gain weight, or maybe not even uh, advancing in age, but as they have extra weight on them, I find it's difficult for them to move, difficult for them to get up on the plinth, difficult. uh, They uh, may have some comorbid health conditions that are related to weight, like chronic pain, And so a lot of them want to lose weight. I I talk often about the BMI, the body mass index. You want to have it between 20 and 25. Um, I had a meeting this week over in Victoria, and I I said to the person, the man that I was meeting with, he told me he had lost 50 pounds. And I said, how did you do it? And he said, well, what goes in doesn't come out or, you know, comes out. It was basically the food intake. And I said, that's fantastic. Now, I know he works out quite a bit, but um, a lot of people think if they work out, then they can go and eat that double cheeseburger with bacon. Double ba- Obviously, you can tell I never eat them. <laughs> bacon double cheeseburger, that's what it's called. Or they think they can have a huge meal or drink a lot of alcohol because they have worked out. But it, you know, they really don't burn that many calories when you're working out. And I firmly believe that it's what you put in your mouth that is most important when you want to lose weight. So if you want to lose weight, uh, here is a little choice, lifestyle choice that uh, you might try. I'm going to post this on my website as well, www.backtothebedroom.ca. So you want to start out with about uh, every day with about a pound or a pound and a half of low glycemic vegetables. That's like zucchini and mushrooms and peppers. Uh, You can grill them, saute them, saute them with cooking spray, Pam cooking spray or steam them, or eat them raw. So however, you just want to spread those out through the day between your breakfast, lunch, and your dinner. In the morning, I'll have four or five egg whites and three vegetables. That's the omelet that I make. Once a week, I might have uh, oatmeal, plain oatmeal. And so pretty much stick with that. Uh, For snack, around 10, you might want to have a Greek yogurt and a half a cup cup of fresh blueberries, or, or three quarters of a cup, blueberries or raspberries mixed in. It tastes much better than the sugary, fruity uh, yogurt you buy uh, at the supermarket. Lunch is a salad or grilled vegetables and three to four ounces of chicken. So it's this is a lot of vegetables and protein. Afternoon snack is four Melba toasts or 10 to 12 mini Breton crackers. I know I'm using uh, the names here, but anyway, I'm not uh, promoting them. It's just uh, what I found <laughs> works. Then you can have plain yogurt again and one apple, and that's where it gets. you can spice things up. You can choose whatever apple you like, one medium-sized apple. Apple is really good for vaginal health, so that's 
important to eat. Dinner is grilled veggies again, three or four ounces of fish or chicken. Maybe you want to have a salad. Absolutely no salad dressing. Sorry. Um, Or you might have like a teaspoon or tablespoon of zero calorie if you can find that. Uh, Minimal meat if you must once a week. You want to every day drink six to eight cups of water-based fluids a day. So pretty much water and or milk, but just a, a minimal amount of milk, maybe a half a cup three times a week. In the morning, you probably want to have a cup of coffee so you can have it black or with coffee, mate. You want to get rid of the cream uh, or the or you can add a little bit of milk. You want to use the sweeteners, no more than four or five a day. Minimal alcohol. Alcohol is pretty fattening. A lot of people pack on the weight because of how much they drink. People drink a lot. Um, but, you know, maybe one drink one or two times a week. This is if you have a goal that you want to actually lose some weight. For your potassium, a half a banana or or a half an orange every day. Um, Avocado, you can have, you know, one half or a full one because that is a fruit that contains vitamins A, C, E, which uh, have health benefits, a lot of health benefits because there are nutrients like potassium in them and lutein and folate in there. Um, They're high. uh, And avocado is high in those nutrients. They also are antioxidants which is really helpful for preventing disease. So that's a way to maintain a healthy diet that's healthy fat, the avocado, and um, and you will not be hungry. If you follow my advice every day, you will not be hungry. If you fall off the wagon, just get yourself back on and start again. Try not to get bummed out. You don't have to uh, exercise a ton, but maybe uh, you know a 30-minute walk a day is what I advise for everybody. And just maybe working out once or twice at the gym. You don't want to overdo it because you don't want to be so starving after working out. Um, This is to get that weight off. And then you want to build the muscle up as time goes on. So a little bit of light lifting and some walking, maybe a light jog, maybe some swimming, hiking a little bit, a little tennis, whatever you like to do, hockey, whatever. Um, You choose. Just don't overdo it. A lot of people go to the gym and they're just going to, you know, go crazy with uh, working out excessively and they're just going to injure themselves. And so this is sugar is not your friend. So that's this is a very low sugar, high protein, low glycemic, well, low sugar um, diet and very he- or lifestyle. I don't really like to say diet, um, but it's up to you. If you want to live a healthy life and feel good, it's not for everybody and you can alter it according to what works for you, but it will certainly help if you have a little extra weight on you or a lot of extra weight on you that can impact your sexual desire because weight, especially for women and men, really can negatively impact sexual desire. If you don't feel good about that little extra tire around your abdomen, then you're you're not going to want to get naked with somebody. Um, or if you're feeling like you're excess, a lot of women put weight on in the midsection as they age and they're embarrassed about that or people have their certain areas of their body. You know, it takes a little work and it takes a little commitment and certainly sexual desire is impacted by added weight. So that's one way to increase your sexual desire because you've got to be comfortable with your body. Mood has also got to be right as well. So you can't have the kids running around or you can't, it can't be after, during a stressful time or um, when somebody has so much going on. Um, so you got to choose the right time and uh, atmosphere. 
it's always nice to start with a sensual massage, aroma oils, dim the lights, maybe some romantic music if you're that way inclined, flowers, a little wine, not too much because <laughs> that can kill your erection. Um, and candles may help to set the romantic ambiance for lovemaking. You may want to draw a bath for your lover and then uh, take some, give some time alone for them and then meet a little bit later. And you want to avoid distractions. There's a new ad I saw it. Um, it said that one, I can't remember which company said they had discovered how to increase sexual desire, how to make sex much better, and it was to download the app. And the app was turn the cell phone off. Anyway, that was, that was the answer. So you want to get rid of all technology in your bedroom or at least put it away for a time. You want to give 100% attention to uh, your, your partner, your, your girlfriend, your wife, your lover, whomever it is. Another way to, for women to increase their sexual desire, in addition to V-Love, which is the sexual enhancement gel, which I don't think I mentioned earlier what it was, um, but it actually is a lubricant as well, so that can be helpful. You want to encourage women to share their fantasies, no matter how shy uh, a woman is. All women have sexual fantasies. And they need to get out of their shell to experience great lovemaking. So it's a very nice way to increase sexual desire uh, is to talk about yours and and share those with her. Because if you, as a man or, or a woman, if a woman is involved with a woman in a relationship, um, share your sexual fantasies, that may encourage her to share hers. Um but you want to be careful about sharing those fantasies. I must warn you, don't mention the neighbor or a sister. I mean, uh, be diplomatic about it. Uh, but that can certainly increase the uh, sexual desire. Most women will not share their sexual fantasies unless a man is really honest with theirs. So it's okay to share what turns you on and what you want in bed as a man or a partner. And... That freedom for a woman to express her sexual fantasies may be very helpful to ignite those sexual desires within and unleash that wild side. Um, and of course, which I mentioned, you can always add the V-Love, which will enhance your sexual experience. Uh, a lot of women need a lubricant because they have painful sex or it may be uncomfortable upon entry. Uh, so uh, using that um, prior to sex 20 minutes before uh, it ha contains larginine and lactic acid as well and larginine will converts to nitric oxide in the body which relaxes blood vessels and increases blood flow and I like to say sex is about blood flow and a lot more things but um, this uh, desire gel and lubricant will help to decrease friction during sex as well because that can be very uncomfortable for women so those are a few um, feeling good about yourself, feeling good about your body, being open and feeling confident enough to share these fantasies and with your lover is uh, certainly a way to increase the satisfaction of your sexual experiences. Um, so when I come back, I'm going to be talking with Thomas Panuzio. 
Thomas is a national security and homeland security expert for ABC News affiliates throughout the United States. He has over 25 years of security expertise in the areas of terrorism, deception, white-collar crimes, kidnappings, and domestic violence perpetrators. Thomas is going to be discussing with me how to protect your identity and yourself while interacting with social media. And he'll also be discussing the new laws regarding revenge porn. These laws are geared towards protecting men and women, especially when you send your naked photo across to that man you love. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm Maureen. I'm your host. Uh, We're talking about lots of different things here tonight on the show. I was particularly struck the last few weeks in my clinical practice where I encountered several women who were having relationships and or affairs with men, and they were thinking nothing of sending their nude photos across to the cell phones of these men not thinking there were any consequences associated with it. I wrote a blog about it. You can read that blog, triple W. No, it's just called backtothebedroom-blog.ca, but it is on my website, which is www.backtothebedroom.ca. But I've also asked Tom Panuzio, a national security and homeland security expert for ABC News affiliates throughout the U.S., to join me. He has over 25 years of security expertise in the areas of terrorism, deception, white-collar crimes, kidnappings, and domestic violence perpetrators. We're going to talk about how to protect your identity and yourself while interacting with social media. And we're also going to be discussing the new laws in the U.S. regarding revenge porn which are laws geared toward protecting men and women. Hello, Tom. Maureen, how are you? It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Nice to have you on the program, and thanks for joining me here to talk about this very important subject. Well, it's a really important subject to not only many people here in the United States, but a lot of Canadians that I've talked to, and and, uh, it's really uh, great that your show is talking about such an important issue. Well, thank you so much. Uh, You read my blog post about Felicia, who thought nothing of sending her naked photos across to her married lover. And she never even thought that they might be seen by his wife, let alone uh, should his wife uh, then receive them and then get, uh, obviously, she would be incredibly angry learning about an affair her husband was having. And who knows what she would do with them send them off to every person she knows, perhaps. But there's also this revenge porn that she was at risk at, at risk for. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, that story that, that, that I had read is, is very similar to the hundreds of other stories where people don't realize that once they do uh, submit to these intimate photos, that they're really losing control of not only the photo, but the consequences related to the photo when it gets into other people's hands. And what are some of those consequences that can occur once those photos get into somebody else's hands? Well, you know, it's every it, it, it's really in two distinct categories. First, for a man, um, when a woman takes a picture of a man, there, it's often, in fact, 60% of those types of pictures are used um, for purposes of extortion of money, where uh, when women, men take those uh, pictures of women, uh, about 63% 
according to the latest studies, are actually um, focused on the man destroying the woman's reputation. So it's a reputational risk for women versus a career risk for men. Wow. I, I hadn't even thought of that, actually. So men need to be very careful about who's taking their photograph in compromising positions as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And they may not Especially think of that. those men in government positions, congressmen, senators, governors here in the States, um, and certainly um, individuals in Parliament in, in Canada. Absolutely, because their reputation. Although, in I, ha- I have to say this, in, in, the, in Canada, they don't care as much about that kind of thing. I, I, I don't mean to say... Uh, uh, in the U.S., it's a huge scandal. It'll across um, the entire country and perhaps the world if somebody is caught in, um, you know, faxing their penis off to somebody else or, or something, and, and a career can be ruined. But in Canada, they're a little bit less, they're a little bit um, more understanding of that or not wanting to take somebody down. But it is, it certainly can affect their career. Sure, and I, I think it's I think it's the nature of Canada, at least on this social issue, being more liberal than than many individuals here in the United States. Plus, the media scrutiny here in the United States versus um, that in Canada. Absolutely, but but it's interesting because I don't think men in the moment, um, and especially you know if they're aroused or in you know having a wonderful time sexually with somebody, and she wants to or he, whatever, wants to have a little bit more fun, take some photographs. They're not thinking, gee, this can ruin my career. No, they're not. And, and in many cases, what happens is a younger woman um, meets an established man in the community and government and not only in maybe in a corporate atmosphere, they start an affair and the intimate photos begin to come out. If you remember Gary Hart in 19, I believe it was 1984 or 88, uh, there was a picture of him and uh, he had a lady sitting on uh, his lap. That was the first real political consequence to having uh, someone he was married at the time. And it essentially ended his United States presidential um, campaign. Run, that's and right. so men men have three risks. They have institutional risk, which is inherent in their corporations that they work for. They have marriage risk, which is inherent, of course, if they're married or not. And they have financial risk, because what that individual will, will do is basically say, listen, if you're a multimillionaire, you're going to walk away from a million and a half dollars because your wife is ex-wife going to get 50%, or you can pay me $100,000 and this will go away. And isn't that extortion or blackmail? (laughs) Isn't that illegal too? It is illegal and it is extortion, but unfortunately when you have a consent issue, it's still going to be publicized, and that's the risk for men. Sorry, can you clarify that? I'm sorry, what do you mean by have a consent issue? Well, Oftentimes, when a man when a man allows the picture to be taken, and the woman basically goes and says, "Listen, if you don't, um, you know, oh, I pay see. the X amount of right. money, yeah, that's still going to go to a court of opinion." Right. He gets and he yes, consents to giving that. 
correct, and and oftentimes it destroys a man's career. Right, of course it will. Um, General Petraeus, who was a leader over for the United States military in Afghanistan, um, there was intimate photos and, and other photos related to um, his activity with with another woman, and uh, um, he may be under indictment for releasing of classified information that a to that individual. So I guess this basically what I'm trying to portray is men are just as much at risk um, than women, but essentially for two totally different purposes. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I didn't realize that at all. Um, and so women, when they are sending these pictures across, um, they're at risk for this revenge porn as well. And there was a site in California that was using the handle Vindictive2786, and the website was You Got Posted. Yep. And that was the first one to be um, federally charged. Um, there were uh, federal felonies, I guess. He was convicted of 27 felony counts, and he's going to be spending 28 years in prison, the fellow who started that website. That, that's correct. And California, to their credit, has been very aggressive in this in this area. Um, many people don't realize 16 states out of 50 in the United States have revenge porn um, already passed. Uh, I was very active in Utah passing revenge porn um, here recently, and it's because when women uh, have revenge porn used against them, it's often um, because their reputational risk, uh, they may be a model, they may be a mother who's established in a religious community, they may be a TV anchor person, they may be have their own radio uh, talk show, and now, Tom, brand, you're getting a little close there. I know. <laughs> no. Sorry, Maureen. But their brand is threatened. And women are especially today more, there's more entrepreneurs that are women. There's more um, business, small businesses owned by women. There's more, you know, obviously from the models and the reporters. Uh, and that brand could be destroyed by a man uh, threatening to use this pornography against them. In fact, it's interesting, in a recent survey in Canada, uh, women ranging in age from 18 to 54 said three out of uh, 10 ex-partners mm-hmm. threatened to share intimate photos online without their consent. And on a follow-up, 60% said their exes made good on the threats. And now Canada is looking, especially from a cyber crime standpoint, is looking at implementing revenge porn nationally to protect women. And uh, the so the people who are then sharing these photographs, say it's the scorned wife, uh, and, and so say she shares the photographs, is, is she at risk for a privacy breach or a uh, conspiracy charge? Yes, I, she is. Uh, or identity theft or, or one of those other... Sure. Charges. Yes, so, so when when a picture is when you receive a photograph or you take a photograph from from your husband's phone essentially and you share that around, you are that wife is at risk for getting herself in a little hot water, huh? Absolutely, because not only could the per, could the husband's mistress 
the she's protected because it's any third party. And by the way, that includes, interesting enough, paparazzi. Oh, okay. If a paparazzi takes a picture of a actor or actress in Vancouver or Toronto and or or in, in the United States and even here in Utah, and it's a situation where that paparazzi shares that intimate photo without the consent then they would be subject to the misdemeanor and felony crimes. Yeah, interesting. I didn't realize that. So I'm going to ask you to hang with me, Tom. And uh, when I come back, I'd like to ask you about uh, what people can do to protect themselves online. I'm Maureen McGrath. Stay with me. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. back to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm Maureen. I'm your host. And my guest is Tom Panuzio. He's a national security and homeland security expert for ABC News affiliates throughout the U.S. Tom and I are talking about revenge porn and why it's not a good idea to send naked photographs or even be photographed when you're naked with somebody else because there's risks associated with that. Hey, Tom, thanks for hanging with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Okay, so uh, how does somebody, everybody's online these days, everybody is on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, blogs. How do we protect ourselves online? Well, I think it's really important to understand the environment by which you're going into. When you do go on Match.com, eHarmony, our time, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and many others, you are basically going into this um, unknown wilderness um, where you don't know who's on the other end. You can assume certain things, but you really, at the end of the day, because it is a stagnant-type communication where you really can't see the individual on the other end until you truly meet them in person, you must assume a couple things. Number one, um, you know, that... One out of every five individuals on Match, eHarmony, and these other sites um, have had issues criminally or domestically. Nice. <laughs> uh, one, one in four individuals, specifically men, are married or have been separated within the last 45 days of um, sites. So it's really important to go slow and to realize that deception happens early and often in these types of relationships. And it happens because women and men are deceived emotionally first. Then they're deceived sexually or financially. But emotional deception in most cases happens first. So deception happens early. What are some of the signs that you're being deceived online? Number one, a, when you're being deceived online, the person, the perpetrator, wants to put the relationship literally on a fast track. They want to uh, not only meet with you, but they start falling for you emotionally very quickly. They're unstable. They're asking you for um, money and or um, to essentially be with them um, in a manner where it would probably be six to nine months in a relationship before those uh, specific 
uh, events would occur. Are, are uh, they asking for money? And emotionally. Are they asking for money early? Well, they're they're asking for emotional commitment early. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is they use emotional commitment to deceive sexually or financially. In the financial case, a typical example would be someone who um, really uh, wants to get with you uh, emotionally because, and then they'll start saying, well, you know, I'm a victim. Um, I've had a lot of medical bills. I've, my my family's not here. Um, they'll, they'll start acting like the victim, and they said, I'm, I'm struggling now. I need help. Can you help me get back on my feet? Things of that nature. So, you know, where if it was a friend of 15 or 20 years, most people would say, sure. But what happens is they get credit cards, bank records. They're invited into homes. And all of a sudden, they've just exposed themselves financially to this type of deception. And that's what you have to be very careful of. And they must use some psychological tactics for people to actually fall for that. Or, I, I mean, with all due respect to people who have fallen for that, uh, there there must be some way that they're being manipulated um, to for someone to hand over their life savings or their credit card numbers or send them money. Uh, well, I think, you know, it. it's they take advantage of those people who are addicted to love. They want love and okay. they want a companion. And so what they do is they, they give them that, but they also give them um, information. For example, they start to isolate them away from their friends and family. They minifi- minimize the effect of their family and friends' thoughts about the relationship. They um, use religion. They, it often maybe happens in a church or a synagogue or uh, other places where um, you would not normally have that type of deception, and they prey on individuals who have been hurt before. How do, how do they know? How do they know this? They ask. Oh. And, uh, they ask. They simply ask, and that's why it's so important as a remedy to go slow emotionally towards someone, especially if you're dating them within the first 30 to 90 days. The less likely you are to get emotionally uh, involved in the first 30 to 90 days, the less likely you are to become a victim of deception because, again, deception happens early and often in a relationship. If the perpetrator does not believe that he can get to you emotionally in that time period, he's much more likely to go on to his next victim because most people who commit these types of deception has already done it to three or four other individuals. You're not the first. Wow. Well, this this is fascinating information and uh, great advice. Go slow emotionally. Tom Panuzzo has been my guest. Tom, thank you so much. I'll definitely have to have you back because this is a much deeper subject and more complex subject. Do you have a it's website? A pleasure to be here, Maureen. All right. Thank um, you so much. You can. You, there's. A, I have a Twitter site. You can get mm-hmm. me through LinkedIn or or uh, at Tom Panuzio, and uh, we, we post all kinds of information about this subject and certainly would love an opportunity to come back and, and uh, 
and be on your show. It's been a pleasure. Oh, well, thank you so much. And Warno, those women, it's great work you do. Thank you, Tom. And thank on the you. line, I have Don. Hello, Don. Don, you have a V-Love question? Yeah. Qu- uh, quick, a couple of quick questions. Uh, where do you get it? And specifically, <laughs> how do you use it? <laughs> oh, specifically? <laughs> Please, uh, please don't laugh at me. I'm new at this game. I'm not laughing at all. No, I'm I'm laughing because <laughs> because you're asking me specifically how do you use it? Um, where do you get it? You know, it's actually not for sale just yet. But don't that doesn't mean that's not bad news. You can actually get it for free here. You can pick it up Monday to Friday at the station between the hours of eight thirty and five. Or you can talk to uh, Chad. He can give you the information on okay. how to get it. We'll we'll put some under your name. Uh, Dawn, and it's women. It's a sexual desire gel for women, and they can use it uh, as a sexual stimulant prior to intimate relations or as a lubricant during intercourse. I see. Okay. All right. That's what I wanted to know. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for the call. Okay, so, well, we've certainly had some interesting uh, conversation tonight. I, I learned a tremendous amount. I was just focusing on those women who were sending their pictures across the Internet, and I was just worried that the... Uh, wives were going to be sending it off all over the place, but it looks like everybody can get in trouble when they take compromising photographs um, of themselves and send it off. You've got to be very careful on the Internet, and you definitely don't know who is on the other end, and it may or may not be that person who has put their profile up. You just don't know, so do not trust it. But go slow emotionally is good. And and sometimes going slow physically for people is good as well. So taking things slow in life, remaining calm, is uh, not always a bad thing. Anyway, if you want more information about any of the subjects that I'm talking about, you can always go to my website, which is www.backtothebedroom.ca. I will be listing the events where I'm going to be this spring. One of them is the, I'm honored to be the MC of all things at uh, the Shatke Society Gala, which is happening. It's going to be a really exciting event. Uh, Shatke stands for Relationships. And uh, it's going to be like seven or 800 people there. It's happening out in Surrey, and you can uh, get tickets at Shatke Society. I believe they're $50 a piece. Um, and I'm also going to be at the uh, third annual Autonomic Symposium, Autonomic Dysreflexia Symposium, which is at ICORD, International Collaboration on Repair Discoveries, and that's on May the 19th. I will be speaking with Dr. Adrian Wegg, a world-renowned urologist and continence expert at the BC Care Providers Association annual conference, which is on May 25th in Whistler. I'm also going to be at Every Woman BC, speaking about sexual desire, of course, and that's on May 29th, May 30th. That's a great weekend. I'll tell you about that next week. Um, but always go, if you like, visit my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. I have a new blog, backtothebedroom-blog.ca. Follow me on Twitter, at back, the number two, the bedroom. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath. Until next week, have a sexually healthy week.